On today's episode, you're going to learn about product development, sourcing, influencer marketing, and branding. It's a brilliant episode you don't want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. And this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. On today's episode, you're about to listen to an interview I had with Jason Wong. Um, it's quite recent. He's the CEO and founder of Wong House Ventures, Wong House Media, Fifth Three, and a DTC brand called, it's a seven-figure DTC brand called Doe Lashes. Now, this chap is 23 years old. And he has um, been an influencer on Tumblr, Instagram, worked with um, brands such as Fashion Over, Pretty Little Things, Samsung, um, some studios. He's based in LA. Um, He is a success, is a Gen Z success in his own right, you know. Um, And at the same time, he's just not just comfortable or um, okay with okay um, being a, a content creator or brand builder. He also runs um, a, it's kind of like a sourcing and a dropship business. Now the dropship business um, is an enabler to to improving customer experience and dropshipping. So it's not exactly, you know, dropshipping per se, but it's helping dropshippers actually um, find product market fit and eventually become um, e-commerce brands in their own right. Now he, he, as I said, he runs a D2C business, a direct-to-consumer, you know, e-commerce business, which is growing phenomenally well called Do Lashes. Um, and he just gives a fresh perspective. He's such a clever guy um, from a Generation Z in, in terms of media, because at the end of the day, when you talk about like um, direct to consumer, it's it's down to media. It's it's down to communications. It's down to the messages we are um, signaling out to um, the marketplace, to our target audiences, to our um, to 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 the small demographics, to to the to the personas that we build. And you know, this guy just has it. You know, um, just spot on. 
I, yeah, it, it's, it's a brilliant episode you, you don't want to miss. Um, I was just, you know, all shocked by, by his amazing journey thus far. Um, and I think I'd, I'd have to get him on the show again because um, he's doing, um, you know, terrific work. I just wanted to prime you guys up for what you're about to listen to. This is a 23-year-old and you wouldn't even believe it. Um, he's, he's just, um, yeah, he, it's, it's a phenomenal conversation and, um, yeah, um, enjoy this episode. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business by taking your brand to the next level, Clavio gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 30,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklyn, Non, and Chobbies. Build your customer list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash 2x. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth, cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's the deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, then extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Hi there, 2Xers. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and this is the e-commerce podcast show dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. Um, we talk predominantly about direct-to-consumer e-commerce and everything that um, you know um, is associated with selling directly to, 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 to your customers. So if you're looking to grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales, I look for experts and I ensure that they they get on here. So on today's episode, um, I went on a hunt, on a Twitter hunt, and um, all, all labels, all directions led to this man. Um, Basically... um, you know, I just got lots of, you know, good things to be said about their company, which is called Wong House, right? And um, I just thought, you know what, um, I, I just have 
to to bring him here. His name is Jason Wong. He is a designer at the core or product designer at the core, but um, he has expertise. His company has expertise in viral content, brand development, logistics and fulfillment, e-commerce acceleration, sourcing and manufacturing, and influencer marketing. I know it's a, it's a handful, but you have to listen to what he has to say. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Jason to the show. Welcome, Jason. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Okay, so I was super excited, yet intimidated by all that you do at Wong House. Um, could you take a minute or even two to introduce yourself, um, your background, and also just you know um, give us a full 50,000-foot view of what you do out there in Wong House? For sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Jason Wong, and I'm the founder of Wong House Ventures. Wong House Ventures is a brand incubator company where we develop our own brand in-house as well as offering the same services to our clients. And in the brand development process, it can go anywhere from the ideation of the, pro- of the product um, to manufacturing, to marketing, um, logistics, fulfillment, um, all the way to improving the customer experience and ensuring that the conversion rates up to standard. So we do all of these for our own brands as well as for our clients. Um, and that's kind of the, the A to C solution for e-commerce. Um, that's what we're offering at Wallhouse. Super, super interesting. It sounds to me like you're, you're like an in- e-commerce incubator in, in that sense. Um, so what kind of businesses approach you oh yeah what kind of businesses approach you Wong House it really depends there are some early stage companies who are having a great product idea but don't really know how to navigate the the climates of manufacturing overseas so so they come to us as their fulfillment partner or manufacturing partner um there are some companies that kind of got off the ground already but still need help in marketing to the right audiences so they come to us as like Mm -hmm. an acting cmo um, and then there are some later stage companies, companies that I work with are like Universal Music Group, Fashion Nova, Adidas. Um, and these companies come to us for more of an advisory role to help guide them in the right direction and making sure that their current strategies are um, where they're supposed to be. So really, Wallhouse is pretty flexible in terms of the type of clientele that we service because just the wide suite of things that we do for our customers. Yeah, so your your product sourcing, everything that involves the product, bringing the product to market, um, you're you're also involved in marketing, and then you you advise the the big shots, you know, whether it's pretty little things, fashion over even Adidas, as I've seen on your website, um, that's super interesting. Okay, now, um, so where do we start? Should we talk about like brand development, you know, um, or sourcing and manufacturing, more or less, um. So from a sourcing and manufacturing standpoint, um, what mistakes and um, what mistakes do, do brands make from, from the get-go? Um, a lot of brands don't do the due diligence of buying the right supplier. Um, obviously, with the current access to sites like Alibaba or, uh, or the other manufacturing sites that you see online from China, people just think that you can go on there, find something, and that'll be the end of it. Um, We really need to do a better job at 
making sure that the supplier is the right supplier for us, making sure the quality is right. But most importantly, the supply chain um, has the same ethics and standards that we expect them to have. Um, just because nowadays when you're working with suppliers overseas, you don't really know if your product is made in a labor camp or if it's made in a prison or if it's made with low wage or child labor. And these are all the due diligence that we do for our customers. And we see a lot of our customers really just not think about it at all, just because it's not really something that they learn or grow up with. So um, that's probably one of the largest mistakes I've seen people make. Um, number two is just not being communicative enough with their vendors overseas and leading to them receiving thousands of units of products that are defective or not to the standards that they wanted. Um, so definitely sourcing and manufacturing overseas is really, really intimidating for most people, including myself early on. But um, I just think that there's better ways for people to approach these situations. So what are some of the biggest problems you solved um, for for not just, um, you know, for, for both big brands and, um, you know, smaller upstarts, D2C upstarts? When D2C brands go to manufacturers in Asia, there's first things first, the language barrier. So what we offer them is our team in China, which is acting as their manufacturing partner. We go to these factories and we do on-ground inspections. We first make sure that they are a factory and they're not just some guy on the internet pretending to be a manufacturer and reselling the items from the manufacturer. Number two, we audit their supply chain and making sure that the raw material that they receive all the way to the assembly line of these products are within the standards that we expect of these vendors. Uh, number three is we negotiate the pricing on your behalf. So. Not many people know, but there's different pricing for different people when you're working with vendors in China. If they see that you're someone brand new or you don't know the language, they're going to charge you a little bit higher. If they see that you have experience in this field or you're actually speaking their language, then they're going to charge you the same price that they charge other people just because it's very easy for you to ask around and know what the price is. Uh, it's not the most ideal way of doing businesses for these vendors in China, but it is the way that they operate. So we do have to be flexible and, you know, do their own, um, do, do their own strategy. So we go in there and we negotiate on your behalf, making sure that the price that you're getting is the same price that other people are getting. And if these are the manufacturers that we have previous relationship with, you're actually getting the same pricing that we're getting for our other customers because we're essentially getting grandfathered into these rates. So there's mm -hmm. multiple benefits of working with a sourcing and manufacturing firm. Um, even if you're working with someone else, I just think it's a lot easier to approach these situations with a third-party uh, firm rather than doing it yourself in some instances. Yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so do, do, do brands work with you to, 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 to establish relationships or would you always be there while they're interacting? Um, with, are you always like that intermediary? Or do you, do you offer introductions? Um, we're usually the people who are managing the entire process of the relationship, including the communication. Um, even if we, you know, introduce you to the manufacturing, you're still going back into point number one, which is you can't really communicate with them. Um, so you're really having us as more of your partner um, and we act on behalf as your partner rather than just another uh, agency for referral. 
Um, so when you work with us, you really feel like you're expanding your team because you're getting our entire team in China as one of your resources to approach these manufacturing situations. So most of our customers actually don't go around to find their own manufacturer. They come to us because the pricing that we offer is objectively lower. Um, and also, it's pretty hands-free approach. You tell us what you want, and we handle the, the product spec sheets that we create for you. We handle the logistics. We handle the communication. So it's really a no-brainer to work with a firm rather than trying to do everything yourself while balancing it while, with running your own business. Makes sense. Makes sense. We don't normally talk about drop shipping on, on this podcast. We're, we're pretty much you know direct to consumer, but... The unique service you offer through Dropbox um, just takes away the lack of customer experience in, in dropshipping. Do you mind talking about Dropbox and, and your unique approach to, to helping dropshippers? Yeah, absolutely. So my personal belief is that dropshipping is not a bad business model. If you tell me that I can sell something without paying for it until I sell it, I'd be like, yeah, that's an amazing business model. Um, but what is the wrong thing here is people who are abusing that and taking advantage of that and making more money than um, that they should by overselling or overpromising to the customers. So in return, customers get things 30 or 40 days later, they get the product that they didn't really uh, order. It's a different type of quality. And then they're not happy and they just hate the entire e-commerce industry as a whole yeah. rather than understanding that it's a dropshipping issue. So there's two points of why I want to solve this. One is because I believe that dropshipping as a model can be sustainable if done correctly. Number two is that I know that by eliminating the bad apples of dropshipping as much as I can, obviously, I can actually help the entire e-commerce industry as a whole by creating a better perception of how e-commerce actually works. You have to understand that consumers don't really know what dropshipping is. They don't really know what DTC is. When they buy something from Facebook and they get it 50 days later, they're going to think that they're going to get the same treatment if they order from Warby Parker or from um, Fashion Nova or from these stuff. They don't really know the differences. So by offering a solution to help dropshipping, we can effectively help the entire industry as a whole, even, even with a little bit at a time. So what Dropbox is, is a dropshipping agent solution where we help you procure the products instead of going to AliExpress. We negotiate the rates for you on your behalf by getting better in wholesale prices rather than the AliExpress pricing. And I'll explain this right now. When you're going through AliExpress, you're kind of buying one product um, from a pack of six um, that a manufacturer produced. So when you're buying wholesale, you're paying for a pack of six or a pack of 36. I'm just using like food as an example. When you're going to AliExpress, you're kind of paying for like getting one apple or two apple. So that's the price that you pay for. What we offer is that we go out there and we go to the manufacturer and we find the wholesale pricing. So that when you buy our stuff from us, you're getting the wholesale prices to sell to your customer rather than paying for the individual prices. So right off the bat, you're saving 20 to 30% off your cost of goods sold. Huge increase in your margin. Two is that we have a direct line with China Post to ship your item from China to the US in 9 to 14 days, which is three times faster than going through the traditional AliExpress route. Um, and then number three is that because we're an American company, you can actually work with someone that speaks your language and someone that will solve your problem immediately uh, without waiting for someone to reply to you in China 
or like gambling your entire supply chain in your business on one person on AliExpress. So there's really three points of differentiation between us and AliExpress. Um, and I think that's why we're able to offer a better solution for dropshippers because they're essentially able to elevate the customer experience and provide the same experience to the customer as if they're having inventory store in the United States. Okay, so it makes sense. So I, I find an item on AliExpress. Um, I come to you guys and you guys will guarantee that you find a wholesale price for it. Now, you you would you start to ship the items based on one-to-one or would you ship the items en masse collectively to the U.S. for um, fulfillment? Uh, we ship them one by one. So how it works is the reason why we're getting these by wholesale prices is because we're purchasing for you in large quantity and you only pay us when you sell something. So let's just say that we're selling this pen right now. You're, you're, you're buying this pen for a dollar on AliExpress. We actually get them for 50 cents. So when you come to us, we're going to sell you this pen for 50 cents, but because we pay for 50 cents in a larger quantity and you only pay us 50 cents once you sold this pen. So we're taking the risk of holding the inventory for you, but in return, we're becoming your fulfillment and logistics partner. And we're also able to offer other solutions for you, like marketing, influencer marketing, um, strategy and growth. So you're essentially entering an ecosystem of e-commerce where you will have all these people helping you grow your businesses and procurement and fulfillment is really just one small part of it. Makes sense. Uh, that, that answers um, my, my question. Um, have you seen people transition from dropship into more direct to consumer eventually having um, seen product market fit or you know seen a bit of success? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a good portion of our customers actually transition into DTC model um, entirely after two to three months. What we always recommend to our customers is that you should use dropshipping only for validating your, your product. And once that product and market has been validated, you should move all your inventory into the U.S. or Canada or like into a larger country and start shipping it from there so you can get even faster shipping time. Um, and also you're able to customize your product in a larger quantity. So you can put your own logo on it. You can put your own packet, uh, custom packaging. So that's usually what we recommend to our customers. Um, but they're still within our ecosystem because once they move from drop house, they're moving into sauce house, which is where you order the bulk quantity of items. Um, and then we also offer logistics uh, fulfillment solutions within the United States. So if they ever want to move their fulfillment from China to the U.S., we can also handle that for them. That makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. So um, I was going to ask what the transition looks like, you know, but I think you've answered that um, question quite well. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Is your e-commerce store powered by Magento, BigCommerce, Commerce Cloud, WooCommerce, or a custom cat platform? Is it slow? Does it have too many fields or involves too many steps to complete a purchase? Enter Bolt. It's the fastest e-commerce checkout in the industry, period. Bolt loads 10x faster than native checkouts with an average checkout duration of just over 30 seconds. Bolt is mobile native with no scroll on mobile screens. It offers a zero fraud guarantee and has has 42% fewer fields in native checkout. Bolt supports Stripe, Apple Pay, PayPal, and several more payment gateways and providers. Bolt helps luxury sunglasses brand Dita reduce checkout abandonment by 32%. 
which resulted in a 50% conversion rate uplift. Don't lose customers at checkout, use Bolt. Bolt is offering a completely free bottom of funnel checkout audit to 2x e-commerce listeners. Head over to bolt.com forward slash 2x to get your free checkout audit now. That's bolt.com forward slash 2x. Now you touch base on um, the fact that um, you know um, you know once a product is sorted, then you guys can help on influencer marketing strategy and growth. Yeah, why influencer marketing as compared to other means of you know um, marketing, other channels of marketing? For sure. So influencer marketing is never really meant to be a replacement to pay acquisitions by any means. It is more so the most effective way to get your product to your niche customer, um, as well as getting creative assets in return. So when we work with an influencers, we are picking influencers based on their specific audience. If we're selling swimsuits, we're going to work with an influencer that has historically wore a lot of swimsuits and we know that their audience likes swimsuit. And by doing so, we're actually able to get pictures and videos from that influencer to use on Facebook and on Instagram and on Google and Pinterest and whatnot. So it's really like a the easy, fastest process to get two birds in one stone. We get the assets and we get the attention and traffic. Um, influencer marketing is also a lot more affordable than pay acquisitions when you're working with the right influencers. We're not talking about paying someone $100,000 for a post. We're talking about paying anywhere between none to a few hundred dollars. And by just doing that, you're able to get traffic to your site and getting assets for your product. Yeah. It's like an outsourced photo shoot plus attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the brand recognition too, because when you look at what makes people buy, word of mouth remains the strongest channel. It's not Facebook, it's not Snapchat, it's not TikTok, it's word of mouth. Yeah. And when people don't have friends to recommend products to them, the next person they look for is someone that they follow on social media. So if we're able to get these influencers to recommend products. We will essentially be able to leverage the power of word of mouth about not as effective as, you know, your best friend recommending you something. But if someone follows you because they're inspired by your fitness journey or like your um, your beauty routine, then they're most likely going to buy and and use the product that you recommend in your videos. And in that process, we get these new users to come to our sites and our social media page of, because of their interest. But then again, we get the influencers' assets. So really for me, it's the easiest uh, way to get started in the beginning. And once you get this thing going, then you can start doing pay acquisitions on Facebook, Instagram, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like your point um, in in terms of like recommending a product in use. So if like you know I'm you know using a, a makeup brush and you know it's a girl and I'm a normal girl, but if I was using it you know in a YouTube you know makeup tutorial and I say these are really good, and um, you know two hundred thousand people see that, um, that's powerful. That's powerful. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely, right. So speaking of um, influencer marketing, you do have your direct-to-consumer brand, um, Lashes, Doe Lashes, sorry. Um, you're, you're in the um, you know, Lashes industry, which is very saturated. And I, 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 from looking at Doe Lashes, you guys are doing influence. You guys are utilizing influencer marketing. How do you, how, what's been your strategy at Doe Lashes and how do you stand out in a pretty saturated market? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I started Do Lashes um, over a year ago with $500. That was my challenge. I wanted to give myself as little money as possible to start a new venture. Um, and it became a case study that we profiled on Shopify, which was really fun. So oh. if you guys are interested in seeing the entire process, you can go to Shopify and look up Do Lashes. Um, okay. But the the challenge was, can I create an actual DTC brand with little, little money, no investor funding, and just use the resources that we have internally to grow this brand. And the answer was yes, we're able to grow this brand um, over a thousand percent since last year. And that's something that we've been very, very proud of. Um, but what really was a challenge in the beginning was, like you said, how do we make ourselves different from thousands of other lash company in the most saturated industry, which is cosmetics? And it really comes down to a few points. Number one is we make an objectively better product. And you know, everyone will tell you, yeah, you're, you're, my product is better than the other person. But we are actually able to say that because we um, come from a product design background where we actually engineer our lashes to be the most comfortable pair of eyelashes for people. And how do we do that? Number one is we use a different hair fiber. Most people, when they use uh, wigs or uh, when they use uh, false lashes, they use plastic. They use nylon. So you ever seen like wigs from Party City or from Walmart? When you touch it, it feels kind of rough. Our hair is silk, silk fiber. Silk is one of the finest fiber you can have. And our fiber is actually 0.03 millimeters thick, which is almost as thin as a human hair. So when you brush your hand against our hair, it feels almost like your natural lashes. Number two is the band that holds the lashes together. Um, typically, when you wear something on your eyes, which is probably one of the most sensitive areas of your face, you're going to feel something holding your eyes down. So what we did was we created a, a cotton band that was thin enough to feel weightless on your eyes, but also thick enough to still withstand over a dozen wears. So when people wear lashes, typically you wear it for a few times and then they become unwearable. Our lashes can be worn for about 16 times or more if you take care of it properly. So just by those two points alone, we are objectively better than our competitors just because we actually redesign our product from the ground up. Um, and so that's how we stand out, number one, is that when people wear it, they know the difference. Number two is our branding is entirely different than what you see on the market today. If you go on our website and if you look at our packaging, you can see a lot of blue. You see a lot of pastel pink and a lot of pastel yellow. And these are the design elements that you don't really see in the Western brands until most recently. But even then, it's not that common. When you look at Western and European style of beauty and their design, it's very monotone, where it's black letters on a white background. Um, and it just looks very serious. Yeah. We wanted to bring the fun and cute um, and bubbly sense of style that we have been inspired by in South Korea, where all the makeup and all their food and all their skincare just makes you feel happy. Like when you look at the blue color, it reminds you of the sky. And when you look at the sky, you see the clouds. And when you, look, when you think of clouds, you think of the weightless and the fluffiness of the product. So yeah. we really try to design the branding and a product to be cohesive of each other so that when you yeah. think of one, you think of the other one. Um, so that's really how we stand out is that when you look at our product, it just stands out amongst our competitors. Mm -hmm. um, and, and my last point was that 
we are really, really good at social media. Um, when you go on our social media page on Instagram and our Twitter, you will know that there's a personality there. When you look at our tweets um, for Doe Lashes, it feels like someone, like your friend, is speaking to you. When you go on our Instagram, it feels like you're in an entire different world. The colors, the the different um, things that we put within our picture just makes you feel like you're not really on Instagram where there's a lot of models, a lot of um, food or whatever. You, you get immersed into this world of dough. So by creating a digital community that... Uh, is able to engage with our audience, we're able to really differentiate ourselves from our competitors. Yeah, uh, it's it's incredible. And everything you've just said um, actually aligns with what I'm seeing. Um, so the, the pink and the blue, the cloud-like feeling, the feel-good feeling, interesting that, it ha- you know, you draw parallels with Korea, you know, South Korean, um, you know, um, e-commerce, um, and also there's some anime looks here. So some of the models I can see on your Instagram page um, pretty much look like real life model, you know, anime um, female characters. Um, was that the intention um, to, to niche down to, to this group of, um, you know, people? This would be gamers and, um, you know, anime lovers, I would think. It was never really an intention. When we create the brand, we didn't have like a specific type of people in mind. We were just incredibly obsessed with creating a product that eventually attracted cohorts of people. Um, And right now we're trying to expand beyond that circle. But I think that was really one of the main driver for our success was uh, really niching down into a specific group of people and become really popular within that group of people. But now we're in a stage where we're really ready to expand into other cohorts. So yeah. like people who are just wearing it for a night out or people who are wearing it to work, people wearing it to school um, and you know, people wearing it just for taking a selfie at home, not even going out. So right now we're really expanding the buckets of people that we're going after. But in the beginning, yes, you're right. That's kind of like the main buckets of people we have attracted, which is people that kind of like animate characters in real life. <laughs> okay. All right. It's a, it's a great strategy. And, you know, it's always good to, to niche into, you know, um, one, one audience and then, you know, expand further. Before I ask you a question around um, just – well, you're targeting and, and all. I want to talk. I want to ask you a really general question. Um, given the fact that you're you're male, um, you probably don't wear lashes. How were you able to figure out the pain points in this industry and come up with a product solution? Because this is a product level solution. Uh, this is on two levels. At the product level, you've created a better product. At a marketing level, you've created a refreshing experience. So, so how did you sort of figure out the pain points, you know, in in you know for females in the lashes industry? Um, and then we'll talk about the promotion and all. Right. So when I look at eyelashes, the way that I like to describe to people that don't wear eyelashes is that. Um, currently eyelashes are like wearing high heels. Um, you don't really wear them because you love them. You wear them out of necessity. You've got to go to an event. You have to wear lashes. You have to wear high heels. What we're really trying to create here is the sneakers of eyelashes where you can wear every single day. You put it on and you forget about it. And so with that mindset in mind, I was like, okay, what are the pain points of high heels? And so I just did a lot of studying of why people hated high heels. And I kind of related that to why people hated wearing eyelashes. And I just found that there was a lot of parallel 
So when I approached this, I didn't approach this as someone that wear lashes or someone who does more lashes or someone who's a guy or, or someone who's a girl. I approached this from a product designer perspective. Can I hold on to this product and identify the pain points that people are having uh, when they see it, when they touch it, and when they wear it? And really work back down from there. So I really approach it objectively and really trying to create it based on um, the objectives I identify rather than based on emotions. Because there's nothing wrong with creating products and developing based on emotions. That's why a lot of great founders are the way they are. But the way I approach it was that I have no emotional connection to eyelashes. I've never worn it before. I don't really care if it does well or not. But my obsession is I want to create a better product. So I'm going to approach this just like I approach any other products. When I created um, all my other coloring books, my board games, my um, I even made condoms at one point. So can I make a better product? And so I really approach it not, you know, not really caring if I weren't lashes before. I just approach it because I want to make something good. I guess my question is why eyelashes? Mm, it was challenging and I was really inspired by... Um, two things. Number one, my girlfriend was having trouble wearing her eyelashes. Okay. Um, I was I was seeing her doing her makeup routine, and she was just like, "Well, it's poking my eyes. It's not really comfortable, and I cannot wait to pull this thing off when I get home." And I was like, "Well, what's so wrong with it?" Um, and just by serving her and other groups of people that also wear eyelashes, I was able to identify these pain points. So eventually, go back to the drawing board um, for yeah. myself. Um, but number two was. I just found that I've never done something this challenging for myself before. And I want to create something different that um, just doesn't seem like me. When people look at me, they're not like, yeah, he designs eyelashes. Um, so for me, that was a fun challenge was to create um, this new thing that would challenge myself, but also like show people that when you're a product designer, you can really make anything if you put your heart to it. Yeah, you can, you can. Your, your product pages are, geez, I haven't seen a product page like this in a while. That's so detailed. We'll talk about that later. Um, so the marketing, um, you know, the, the marketing approach, how did you think of, how were you inspired by, you know, um, Korean websites and um, the colors? Where did you, it's so intentional as you, you know, you, you explained earlier, Um who 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 drummed up the the product? It's just the marketing because um you know this is different and also the packaging also is different. You know it's refreshing. Everything seems so relaxing and you know refreshing on here. It's it's got a different vibe to it. Yeah. So for that, we really thought about the name and how it relates to our product. And we work backwards from there. So if you look at our uh, packaging, you can see polka dots, um, like a deer pattern. Mm -hmm. And drawing back to the name Doe, and the Doe is a baby deer. Um, So they have really long lashes. Um, So when you look at deers and you Google any pictures of deers, you can see that they have really long lashes. So I was like, okay, cool. It's great to have a character tied to your brand. It's a lot easier to advertise when you have a mascot of some sort. So Mm. here we are, we have Doe. And then we're like, okay, what are some of the characteristics of deers that we can really put onto your product? And deers are gentle, they're soft, um, they have great personality. um, And we're like, can we translate that into a product design? And so we started thinking about like, how can we apply 
um, the logo to show the personality. So if you look at a logo, it's not just letters. It's you can see that there's a tail, um, like a yeah. deer tail, and yeah. in the O of our of yeah. a logo. And then yeah. you can see the the deer spot patterns all over our packaging. So it's really about like thinking about what we want to present to our customers and what are the messages that we try to convey of our product yeah. within our design. So that's really how we got started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an avatar and then you work backwards. You decided, okay, those are avatar and um, this is, yeah, this is, this is what's okay. And, and did you design it in-house at Wong House or was it outsourced and... You know, I'm yeah. coming up like yeah. the brand identity because this is a full brand identity work, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we work with our in-house designers um, to get this developed. Um, and it took like four or five months to to go back and forth. Designs is really, really tedious. And I really do understand and have a lot of respect for designers now, understanding mm-hmm. the entire process to create this from scratch. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a fun process for sure. What about the price point? Um, the the uh, at a, at a, I'm looking at it. it. It seems to be like twelve dollars fifty. That's a low AOV for a one pack. Um, so what what do users tend to gravitate towards one pack or the three pack? Um, I'll get into that, but I'm gonna give you something surprising. Even though our product is twelve fifty, our AOV is forty five dollars. Okay. When when I did the pricing for dough lashes, I looked at our competitors and all our competitors at similar quality um, were about 18 to $30. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't really want to do a price war. So we didn't reduce our pricing just because we want to be cheaper than our competitors. We wanted to lower our pricing because that's what our product is. We wanted to create something affordable for people. We don't believe that you should pay $30 for false lashes. We believe that you should be able to afford these uh, eyelashes and wear them. And even though they're very affordable um, and that you might go through them in a longer span of time, you'll still come back to us because you like our affordability, but also our product. So um, that's how we arrive at the $12.50 um, price point. And then in terms of our AOV, because our price is priced so low, people actually buy three or four products every single basket. So by pricing it lower, you're actually able to move more inventory. And by moving more inventory, we're able to get the actual product at a lower cost of our manufacturing because we can order more items. So it kind of works out for both. By making it a little bit more affordable, people buy four lashes instead of two lashes if they're priced at $25. And we're essentially depleting our inventory at two times the speed. And so we're able to make larger and larger purchase orders from the manufacturer and we get lower and lower pricing eventually. So it's kind of like a two-way street for us and the customer. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made the first purchase, how do you keep them coming back again? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact list, send memorable emails, automate key messages, and more, way, way more. That's why over 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chobbies, Brooklyn Inn, and Living Proof 
use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat customers or sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less dependence on third-party ads. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. It's free to get started. So visit klaviyo.com 2x to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash 2x. Yeah, makes sense. Makes makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, that way where you're pushing, um, you know, you're, you're pushing it that way. What about the free shipping um, over sixty dollars? Does does that does that also bump up? Um, you know, um, AOV. Mm, not as much as people think. Um, it's really there as a nudge for people with like fifty dollars in the car, and they're like, "Yeah, if I just add something else to it, I can get it." But people that are adding two pairs of lashes for twenty five dollars isn't really going to add another three pairs just to get sixty dollars. So, um, it's really there just as a way to increase the AOV for selective amount of customers. Yeah. But it's not really the main driver for increasing AOV. Yeah. So, so the the hack for AOV in your case is variety and options. So it's low pricing and then variety. So I I I I say, oh, I want a fairy dust. It's only twelve bucks, and then we're like, okay, what other lashes look like? You know, I need to test. I need to look. I need to test other looks. So I'm going to get crazy and low. I'm going to get cloud nine. I'll probably get a morning dew. There's two hacks. There's two hacks that we have done for Doe. So if you go on the product page right now and you click on any one of our products for lashes, you can see that there's a variant for one pack and there's a variant for three pack. Yeah. And we're using the variant field, not for sizing, because that's usually how they come. They're usually small, medium, large. That's how they use variants. Mm-hmm. For us, we use a variant field as bundles. So you can buy the one pack for $12.50 or you can buy the three pack for $34.50. Uh, um, so right off the bat, you're actually able to do one-click bundle upsell for our product. So if you click right now, it'll say twelve fifty, and if you click on the three pack next to the one pack button, it'll move the pricing to thirty five dollars. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's how we increase our AOV right off the bat by making it super easy for our customers to uh, purchase a larger bundle. But the mm-hmm. other thing that we do is if you hover your mouse under Shop Lashes on the navigation bar and click um, Starter Pack or Bundle. Um, sorry, pack third, third button. We also were able to bundle our products into a five pack bundle for fifty dollars. Yeah. Okay. So those are the two things that we have done to make our low AOV item into a high AOV uh, order. Mm-hmm. And and are these your most popular products in terms um, of like the starter packs? They are categorized by the the looks of it. So the blue is more subtle. When you put mm. them on, it looks like your natural eyelashes. Okay. The pink, it's the glam pack, which is when you put it on, it looks very, very obviously that they're false lashes. Okay. So it's for two different buckets of people, um, but they're actually both equally popular. Mm. Mm. This is super interesting. Really, really interesting. Now, just going into your um, your fairy dust or just any of your product pages. Um, so, you know, you talked about Western brands being black and white, but you've been able to sort of um, get the best of both worlds. You have the blue, you have you have a black and white, you know, um, uh, 
canvas more or less, but mm-hmm. um, you know, there's subtleties, you know, many CTA bits like, you know, the, um, the background on the selection of one-time purchase versus subscribe, which we're going to talk about shortly is, is in blue. You scroll down and um, there's, there's a, there's an area with content, which is all blue and just the, <laughs> The Instagram photos, you know, um, give you what you will look like, your expectation. And then further down, um, what do you use for reviews? Because this, is this Yopto or something else? Uh, no, this is uh, called Orkendo. Orkendo. Okay, okay. I've heard about Orkendo. And, you know, this has got like, this is well presented. You know, it just blends in and then you've customized certain bits of it. It's 100% in, with a blue background there. Um, so there's that plain white template, but you've managed to sort of um, personalize and, um, you know, give it a bit of um, a yeah personality really, um, which, which is super, super impressive. Um, let's talk about the subscribe and save. Um, are you, what proportion of, um, of, of sales are coming from subscriptions? Cause you, you get to save 10% if you subscribe. I know in the um, contact lenses space, it's, it's a given, um, but what does it look like with lashes? For our lashes, initially, um, we're, we're currently looking at about 10% of our orders being subscribers. Mm. Um, but there's also something that we change. When you do recharge, the default time span is 30 to 60 days for a subscription window. So you can either subscribe every 30 days or every 60 days. Okay. So we did that for about two months. And then we brought in a data scientist to go into our Shopify data and analyze all our orders and our subscriptions. And we found that most of the time, people actually make the repurchase between 22 days and 45 days. Meaning that if we offer the 30 to 60 day window, a lot of people actually didn't click those because they either wanted it a lot sooner or they wanted it a lot later. So we actually changed our subscription window from 30 to 60 to 20 and 40. And just by doing that, we were able to increase our subscription rate. So what this really tells us is that um, maybe like the 20 to 40 day that wouldn't work with your brand, but you really need to go into your data and understand what is the repurchase window of your product. And then you should like configure your subscription uh, window based on that data, data rather than just going with the default settings. Yeah, that's incredible. Let the data help you make the decisions, you know, don't make emotional decisions. Um, even on the product page, there's the how to apply lashes tutorial, you know, down there next to the description. Um, description is compact. It has, um, you know, um, it's just well-structured. It has like a subheading, bullet points, you know, and um, just well-spaced out. So you, you do see what you get. And I really like this before, after stuff. Um, what, I've forgotten what it's called. It, it's like an image that splits in half. And then yeah. you have a before and you have an after. I, I, I recall recommending this to a client and they're like, oh, it's too gimmicky. Uh, but <laughs> this, this, is, this is great application. Um, I've forgotten that there's a library for this, but um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And it's smart yeah, bank, you. you know, center in, on, on, on page. Um, yeah, I've um, learned a thing or two today um, in regards to, to, to branding. Okay, so um, what tips, you know, um, what about the, the lash tick, the lash quiz? Does that, um, you know, help you with email um, subscription? Or um, I could see there's phone. Um, you, you, it's, do you do SMS marketing? Yeah, lashes? we do. 
we do a lot of SMS. We actually have a full-time employee only whose only job is to text our customers. Um, and it's, it's kind of an overkill for a product at our AOV, but we just truly believe that we have to invest in our customers. We're just incredibly obsessed with making sure that the customer experience in their journey is well, that even if they don't purchase from us, we still give them the same amount of attention as our customers. And just by doing that, we're able to nurture them into our eventual customers. So our SMS people are there to answer any questions related to lashes, but also we send out uh, wellness checks. We ask our customers and our subscribers have to drink water today. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that's entirely um, uncommon for brands to do with their SMS because we actually pay for every single text that we send out. Mm-hmm. So when we send out texts that don't make us money, it's it's losing us money. But it's it does, it didn't matter to us. Like for us, it was just like, can we create an experience for our customers where they actually feel like they're within this community and that the brand actually cares about them rather than just mm-hmm. trying to send them links to make a purchase through every single channel possible, through email, through SMS or whatever. So we actually changed the way that we approach um, our interaction with our customers to be very customer-centric rather than being entirely revenue-centric. And we have seen great returns in that because even though it's not short-term or immediate return, we do see that customers that are interactive with us who have never purchased from us, but they have gotten a lot of SMS and emails from us to eventually become customers of us. Mm -hmm. So... Where's your focus now um, in terms of like um, customer data capture? Um, is it email or is it um, cell number? Um, both, actually. So we have a quiz on our website right now from the Octane AI quiz. Mm-hmm. And that's where we help people who don't really know what to buy, make a decision on what to purchase. Mm-hmm. And through that form, we ask the people for their um, email address and if the user is on a mobile phone uh, on our pop-up, we ask them to text us to receive the coupon code. Mm-hmm. So we try to uh, build our list on SMS and the email site um, equally, um, just because they both bring us a lot of returns. Okay, so when you talk about the drink water reminder, is that daily or um, is that occasionally? Oh, no. like <laughs> every two weeks. You know, it's okay. not always drink water. It's like, hey, like how... How are you guys doing? Yada yada yada. When when school just started last week, we sent them like a like an encouragement text, like a little mm. motivation, it's like you know, Doe is here for you. We believe in you. We hope you do well. And those really help people. Like believe mm. it or not, it sounds really corny and cheesy right now, but no, like some people just really needed those texts in their mm. days. And even if they never purchased from us, it's just nice to make someone stay as mm. a brand. Like if you have the power to do that, why not? Right. Incredible, incredible, incredible. It's yeah, I 100% agree with you on that. Okay, so lashes are incredibly easy to ship. Um, so are you focusing all your sales in the United States or um, do you do international? About 80% of our customers are in the United States. We don't really restrict to other countries. It just okay. tends to be more common in the United States. Okay. The reason I asked is um, in the phone number, you know, bit here, if I was to enter my phone number, which is a UK number, um, I just wondered if, you know, what will happen, you know, on there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Um, yeah, this, this is incredible. This is incredible. And, you know, with all of this, you're saying that with, with what you do at door lashes, um, you can apply all of these principles to your your um to your customers or clients rather at Wong House. Yeah. 
Yeah, we mm-hmm. use Dell Lashes as kind of like a testing ground before we apply a lot of the same strategies. So um, some of my clients, like Universal Music, we have 500 stores under Universal. And it's very, very difficult to apply the same product or app or strategy across 500 stores without really validating it first. So mm-hmm. sometimes we'll validate it on smaller stores at UMG, but sometimes I just validate them within my own portfolio companies. So it's okay. a lot easier to make the case when we go to the execs to get these things approved. Okay, let, let's talk about Universal Music Group. What, what kind of um, work do, does Wong House do with Universal you know, Music Group? Um, I personally help consult Universal on their DTC efforts. Um, like, like, you know, music was very much dependent on live events. And with COVID happening, um, music groups like Universal and Sony and Warner are scrambling to move a lot of their efforts into DTC. So that's really where I stepped in. I joined around March of this year. Um, and I help guide and lead their strategies and directions for some of the merchandising brands for mm-hmm. the bigger artists. Um, making sure that um, the product presentation is to the right people, making sure that our growth strategy and user acquisitions are done properly on Facebook and Instagram and email. Um, so I'm more of a consultant and advisor in helping making sure that they're compliant um, and also making sure that they're using the most optimized strategies to approach their um, campaigns. It's incredible. That's, that's super, super incredible. Very, very impressive. I think something similar occurred in the in the FCMG the the um you know consumer the consumer packaged goods industry um and some of it was gimmicky i know someone personally who whose agency worked in the development of a for CPG brand um they're in the ketchup that they're in that space anyway and um they were they managed at the start of the pandemic to to actually sell you know, thousands of units, hundreds of thousands of units of um, of their product of the food product um, through a Shopify site, and um, that made the Financial Times, if you know, believe it or not. Um, so, okay. so yeah, it's it's super super interesting that um, you know the conglomerates are now really really taking D two C seriously. Um, Absolutely. So. With the Universal Music Group, are these for individual artists trying to sell their merchandise, or um, are these are they trying to sell music? You know, um, physical copies or archives and stuff like that. You said they have um, over five hundred brands. It's uh, they're they're individual artists. So some of the stuff is I was involved with um, Katy Perry. We recently did the Baby, which is the hip hop artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we managed like um, legacy bands like Kiss, huge mm-hmm. huge band. Um, we did some campaigns for the Beatles for one of our stores. So just giving you like a sense of like a variety of stores that we do manage. Um, and within that, we, we do a lot of merchandising. So their t-shirts or hoodies or caps, but oftentimes merchandising drops are aligned with album drops. So what we do is that we try to time the merchandising drop to be on the same time as the billboard billboard charting week. So Friday to Friday. And yeah. so like some of our merchandises will actually include like a digital download of CVs or like, like a visual copy of the CD to yeah. ensure that they do be counted for the charting week. So there's a lot of stuff that we do on a DDC space that's entirely still related to the music side of stuff. But um, what I mostly handle is the merchandising and the strategy and growth. So when you say the merchandising, you, you make sure the products are brought to market essentially. There's a huge team within Universal that do this. I'm just really a small part of it, but right. that's kind of what I what I'm involved in. 
I cannot Incredible. take credit for a lot of these stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's everything is you know teams, you know, it's all the dynamics, and it's you know it's super humble of you to, to you know to actually you know um, you know pay credit to to, to the team. Cool. Um, I think we've we've covered a lot of ground over this conversation. Um, I didn't know where it take us to, but um, yeah, it's, it, I'm super impressed. I'm like I'm I'm as confused as I was at the start of this conversation now um, as I am now because there's so much you're doing, um, you know, um, from clients and um, with your own brand. Um, before I let you go, I, I have what's called a lightning round on this show. And basically it's a set of five to six questions where I ask you a question. And if you could answer, you know, each question with a single sentence, you know, um, we're good to go. Cool. Go for it. All right. Um, first question is what advice would you give to yourself five years ago? I will learn and read a lot more than I used to. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you a morning person? Not at all. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. What two things can't you live without? Uh, my phone and iced coffee. All right, cool. What book are you currently reading? Um, currently reading How to Influence Friends and People. Um, wanted to reread that book. I've read that many, many years ago, but kind of forgot about it. So just doing a little rereading. All right, cool. What's been your best mistake to date? I mean, a setback that's giving you the biggest feedback. Um, Building the wrong team. Um, Really having the wrong people in your organization will derail every progress that you have made. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you're probably the one of the only guests this year that has um, answered every single question with a sentence so oh, we're good host really? <laughs> yeah most people just go on a tangent they just uh, um, you know, i respect they, that <laughs> <laughs> and then i was looking at your shopify um you know article the uh, you were on the shopify um podcast and mm-hmm. um it's said that um you've been running businesses since you were 15 mm-hmm. um so t- could you just as a pattern question final question um What's been your journey since 15, since the age of 15? Uh, it's been eight years since then, and there's definitely a lot of learning process in terms of how to run an organization. Um, just because I, I didn't go to school for this. I didn't go to business school. I didn't take any online classes. There was no specific mentors, per se. I, I had to really fail to learn what I do, which is why, like, if I was to really tell myself five years ago, it's like really try to learn and read a lot more than I used to. Um, but I was just kind of like forcing my way through it and see what works. And eventually it kind of worked out. But I would say that um, I could have done a lot of things faster than eight years of what I've accomplished right now if I were really sitting down and planning it out route and just going with the flow. So uh, that's one thing that I wish I did better. Interesting. Super, super interesting. Thank you so much, Jason, um, for, for, for coming on to the show. Um, wish you the very best. You guys are doing an amazing, amazing thing. It's, it's been, it's been great. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind just search for 2x e-commerce on facebook to find it answer three questions and you'll be approved 
grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.